Content creation is a grind. Couple that with a harsh but arguably necessary critical nature that the topic of fireworks brings into the mix and you're left with, well, a tough crowd. Join AJ, Jamie, and I this Friday, February 23rd on the Rhythm Pyro podcast as we sit down with pyro content creator and fresh pyro hobbyist, Michael Carr, the novice pyro, to chat about his journey so far and how to navigate pyro as a beginner in 2024. If you have any questions for Mike or the Rhythm team, the voicemail box for this episode closes at noon on Tuesday, February 20th. Head over to bozy8823.com forward slash Rhythm Pyro and click the start recording button halfway down the page to submit your questions. The Rhythm Pyro podcast is available anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. We'll see you Friday. Now stop talking about it. Just kidding. Give it a share. One. It's back. Back to normal. Go. Now it's the one you don't now like. It's back. Now the timeline loads backwards. Now it's the one you don't talkie, like. Talkie talkie. Speakers. Yeah. Speakers. Speaker box. <laughs> wow, all our awards are like the same height. Hey, this is like the first it. time I've ever it's seen close. the timeline look normal. If normal is going backwards, yeah. yeah no, makes it's, sense. I don't mine always looks like it's my waveform always looks smaller than your guys's, but I never, what you don't have about? a problem hearing me, right? <laughs> no. I didn't think so. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> size doesn't matter whether you can hear it. It now. does not. Oh it's God. funny that you should say that. That's <laughs> 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 the ever. Well, I got to think of two to say about size. Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. We're Bozy, AJ, and Jamie. Ignite your passion for pyromusical show design while testing the very limits of your capacity for stupid. Oh, I need to. That's funny. Jamie, I just looked at the Valheim server. Just to check, make sure that the number of current connections is zero. <laughs> Man, I even have a quiet keyboard for you. Uh, welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. I'm Bo. That's AJ. Hola. That's Jamie. What's up, guys and girls? <laughs> we're hobbyists and semi-professional pyro show designers. We're big fans of the modern pyro musical, and our little podcast is a place where we can get together, talk shop, fireworks, art, and share tips, tricks, news, and insights with you. Hi, boys. What's going on, brother? What are you doing? What's, What's new? <sighs> a lot. Anything? Not really. <laughs> Nothing. Anything? Nothing. Life's been boring. Yeah. 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 Uh, Come on, June. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. There's a lot that I feel like I need to do before June. So maybe come, come on. Uh, April, <laughs> April, <laughs> rewind it a couple of months. <laughs> Come on, warm weather that's not wet, so I can be motivated yeah. to go outside and actually do something productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mainly what I was talking about. Yeah. Like June's like the nicest weather. It's, it's like it's getting hot, but it's not. It's you know just about that start. You must it's live like, in Illinois. <laughs> what does that mean? Because uh, uh, uh. it's hot here in June. What did Katie tell me the other day? She said that um, we kind of talked about this offline, but like the uh, the tree beaver came out and saw his tail shadow or something. So we're going to tree beaver. The tree beaver. Tree so we're going to have like uh, we're going to have an early spring. It's not going to be as cold until like uh, the 
beginning of May now. Because science. Science. Right. Science is determined by the tree beaver. That's right. <laughs> Mythical tree beaver. And if he sees his shadow. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about pirate musicals and uh, their size today. And it's not <laughs> like by the, size, like the their size. girth. Yeah. The girth. We're going to talk about pirate musical girth. And is, is there such a thing as too much? Can it be too much? And can it be too big? Does size matter? Does size matter? Does size matter? We're going to answer that uh, <laughs> that question. In all in all seriousness, it is. In all seriousness, I think, at least in the context, like for hobbyist designers, for hobbyist designers, a lot of a lot of folks uh, run out to a field. They they spend a lot of time designing their shows, and then they they put up um, shows that you know potentially when the show is over, you, they might look at it and go, well. Why? Why don't I feel like uh, I had a really defined pyromusical or choreographed experience? Given they're shooting that kind of show, right? Because typically pyromusicals are really regimented, and the field is really split up. And you want to create definition in the design that you present to the world. So, Jamie, this topic was your idea, and it was an <laughs> awesome topic idea. So, like, I'm, I'm curious. To, I'm curious to. To know where you sit, do you believe with a field that has multiple positions that it's hard? You know, do you find it difficult to make the most of that space? Uh, no, I. Yes and no. So a bigger, a bigger field allows me to be more creative and frees me up to do things that I want to do. What I have a hard time on a large field is uh, budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't Very we all. difficult to yeah. do the things that I want to do and be like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you ever feel like when you're laying out these positions, and I guess this is more of like a, a general question for all designers, but obviously, you know, you guys take a crack at it. Um, all of the verticals that you have to play with, you know, given you have a, a five or six position pyromusical, would you agree that the definition for that pyromusical is one, it's created in the flow of the music? And, you know, obviously, you know, you're choreographing fireworks to music, but how do you create that definition in the space that you have available to you? You know, like what tactics do you employ? design tactics in order to make the most use of that space. Absolutely. So my, my main shoot site, originally I shot three positions for equipment reasons. Um, and pyro musicals were kind of new to me, but mirror positions was kind of my goal originally just, you know, a bigger field of view and it's pretty much mirror for the most part. Um, but that was, to fill out that space was more of a vertical situation and layering from low levels to mid levels to high levels. The following year I jumped up to five and the year after that I jumped up to seven. That allowed me to do more of a horizontal runs and 
go not only from a vertical perspective, but also a horizontal perspective, because I wasn't just mirroring the left position to the right position. Mm-hmm. I was starting from the left and ending on the right or starting in the center and going to the outside and then working my way up from low to high and then back and forth. So it was constant movement in the field. To me, it just wasn't redundant, repetitive, the same thing over and over again. I could do be more creative, do things that I wanted to do and just create really neat parabolics and other little designs and effects and runs and things like that that were just enjoyable to me. And, and from the crowd responses over the years, they enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Green with Jamie, like what he said about like, uh, you know, the girth, I guess, of the show, like having that separation from high vertical and low, like I like to keep it separate because it, it allows you to build it, the show, you know, you start off small and then raise it high. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Stop, Jamie. I'm trying to be serious it's here. It's science. <laughs> <laughs> it is science. This is a serious like, question. <laughs> but like James said too, with um, you know, five positions, you can do five or seven, nine positions in your standard 200, 220 feet run. It just depends, you know, what stations you use to make different shapes. Because like Jamie said, you're able to create more shapes with more positions. But I guess it's uh, it's how you use your space. It's not just the size; it's what oh you do. With it. Got it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of ways to describe it, and every time I think uh-huh. of it, I'm like, "This is not." It's not the yeah, I know, but I know what you guys are thinking about. I mean, come it's on. Not the, but it's, do not you? The decide, it's not the size of your display do field; you? it's the motion of your horizontal movement. It matters. <laughs> yeah. It's the motion of your one shots all day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, the, oh do you find that you have any issues in your verticals? Because I, I think making a determination on whether something's too much, like when you look at a section, when you've, when you've designed a section of music uh, and you look at it, you know, you sleep on it for a night and come back. Do you ever think to yourself, eh, there's too much going on? in this one section? Cause I think that's kind of the heart of the question yeah. is how oh, do yeah, we, totally. how totally, do we yeah. like how, when do we pull the reins back? Cause I think that there's a lot of people out there that will throw stuff on a timeline and look at the verticals and then really not know how to determine whether or not they may have overloaded things or whether they're, you know, causing a bunch of like, you know, muddied up verticals and horizontal separation in some of the site pictures that they're going for. Yeah, I I find myself taking stuff out after I'm done scripting it and having this miraculous ability to uh, watch a simulation of what I'm doing. Um, I, I will be like, ooh, that might be a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So I regrettably go through and start, I'll take that one out. Take that one out. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll just add another song. <laughs> Put it back in. <laughs> so, yes, I, I, I find myself in a position where, like, there's just too much going on, especially if you're trying to get a focus on that, you know, that higher level and you've got multiple just, you know, beautiful effects or vibrant effects that are going off, deterring, contrasting, things like that. So, it, it is a game of, 
you know, get everything correlated together so they enunciate each other between the levels, working low to high. If you're feeling all three fields at the same time, they, they need to have a nice palette together that work well together. Otherwise, it, it's just bleh. You know, lots of fireworks and boom is great. It has its time and place, but in a pyro musical, there should be some rhythm to it. There should be some function. There should be a method to the madness. And at times the chaos is free to reign, but other times you need to dial back and show your control. Oh yeah. The way that the song feels in a particular section probably has a huge bearing on... Danger Zone was uh, one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) It's anytime you have that song that has that powerful part where, again, like what you said, like making the vertical space too busy. And it's possible because you're limited to, at least with one four, with how what you can layer. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, if you mean yep. you could raise your shells high and get some decent breaking kicks, then yeah, you can shoot cakes, uh, shells, and single effects at the same time because you'll have that layer. But when all that mm. stuff's in that same space, it just becomes a mush. And I think, like Jamie said, we're all kind of guilty sometimes of just putting stuff in there and you're like, oh man, this is just going to be awesome. And when you look at the end, you're like, man, that was just like mush together. <laughs> yeah. It might've looked cool for a second, but you're like, yeah. Yeah. it didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to. Whether yeah, something that's didn't what burn she out said. correctly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wow. Failure is the best way to learn, I think. And I think that applies in all kinds of different aspects uh, of I your mean, life. I mean, Gus Bigger's really? better, bigger shells, yeah. you know. <laughs> when it's all over said and done with it, she looks at you and says, you know what? Congratulations, you put stereotypes to rest. It's definitely not the... The size it mattered because you underperformed the entire way through. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, wow. I would shoot myself. <laughs> man, I'm talking about a fireworks show. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> Mine out of the gutter, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, they love. Uh huh. Yeah. For the longest time, uh, you know, I, I, I spent so much time emphasizing ignition points. I was affixed and totally latched on to getting really cool runs, but I wanted all of those runs to you know, just match up with like the most insane stuff when it came to the music that I enjoyed designing to. And it took a, a mindset of how do I try to extend the picture, you know, that sight picture. Separation. Into, yeah. yeah, right. How do I, how do I get my, my mind out of the timing aspect of it and the technical aspect of it and then up into the other verticals to try to create, you know, something that was just, it was always pleasing in every single vertical. And you're right. Like going back to kind of what we were talking about last week with Ellery, you guys are nuts. You spend way too much time on the simulations and it's so awesome that that works for him. You know, he emphasizes these massive points in his pyro musicals that have so much impact on the viewer and that are perfect with that piece of music. The things that I find myself doing personally in pyro musicals is I'm trying to convey that same impact, but it's harder because the music is quicker and the music is faster. So I hmm. find if hmm. I understand, you know, how long a tail is going to burn, right? Or I have a solid visual reference uh, for a piece of product and I know how long it's going to burn. I know how effective that piece of product is going to be as it, as the life of that product 
does its thing through the verticals. Yeah. Like a comet that lasts, uh, you know, it's uh, 1.5 seconds. And then you have mm-hmm. some comets that are three and a half seconds. You're going to have that, <clears throat> excuse me, like that uh, when the, the comet reaches its peak, it's going to slowly, you know, <laughs> curve <laughs> and fall. <laughs> why, why is it me you guys are doing this to? You're making me up. I don't know. I giggled you this evening. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> but that truly does define, like you said, how you use that effect. Because if yeah, it's right. a quick dying effect, you want that because if you can have something that you want to be impactful, but then you want to light a cake off right after, at least you know that the two aren't going to burn together. But if you have a yeah. comet that burns and slowly starts to dive out, you're going to see all of that as well. And what does that do to your next shaping? What does that mm-hmm. do with the next effects that are out there as well? You kind of want to keep it separate, I guess. I don't know how to, what I'm trying to say there. Like keep everything so that it's never mixed together. Because then that brings up what we were talking about earlier. It becomes a mush. Just comes yeah. like kind of a yeah. sky puke second. Yeah, you can get you can get very overloaded within the context of your vertical spectrums. And if things get too overloaded in that vertical spectrum, then all of a sudden the definition just kind of goes away. Now, back to what Jamie was saying earlier, there's places in pieces of music, depending on how you develop your pirate musical. You know, if you develop your entire pirate musical and you're spending a lot of time emphasizing um, and building throughout a couple of sections of music. And then all of a sudden you get to a place in the music where things really tend to open up and things become really big and open and free flowing and like induces an emotion of this is chaos. Openness. Yeah. Chaos <laughs> and openness. Like you can play off of that feeling. You know, if you feel that as a designer, then, you know, by all means, you can take advantage of that and then throw up a, a bunch of stuff in the same verticals and make it make sense. But that's like, I guess that's the beauty behind the creative aspects of building a relative site picture based on what came before it, what you think comes after it, and where the mood, feel, and flow of your music kind of goes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because even going with, um, like what you just said, if you got a a part of music that's just chaotic and you're like, oh man, this is so intense right here. It just, it has to be so powerful that it's just like, boom, 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 one after another. But like you said, what comes after that? Because it's not even just that. Now you have to think about how much smoke did I just create? What is the next (laughs) effect going to be? And is it going to, is the smoke going to affect it? Yeah, that's, see, that's crazy that you think about that. Like I I was thinking of all of this in Mm -hmm. a purely technical sense, but that's, or not even technical sense. I'm sorry. I was thinking of it in a completely creative sense. And that's such a technical must figure out for your show. Because, you know, if you do have those sections that are just cram packed with, you know, different stuff and different interlacings and subdivisions on the field of product, like how much smoke is that going to generate and how hard does it make it to make the next section that you want to draw attention to intelligible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about. Like that spacing, like you play with the vertical, you play with the upper, then you go down a little bit then you go up yeah. and down, up and down, up and down. Yep. Yeah, Cause you're, and they draw like the, up and down, up and down, faster and slow, like in and out. There is. Um, <laughs> I think the concepts more or less stay the same once, you know, you move from 
consumer shows into like the the one four, and you start incorporating the one four pro. Obviously, your vertical may extend just a little further than it did before, and you got a little more room to play with. But I, I think things drastically change once you throw one three in the picture, right? Because oh, totally. at that point, you got tons of spectator head movement. Yeah, lots of size. Oh my God, look at that eight-inch shell way up there. You know, like you're, you're, causing, you're causing people it's to- It's so big. Yeah, it's so big. You're causing people to break their necks in, depending on obviously have, like their on setbacks, right? Too, yeah, 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 yeah distances and setbacks because like all of that stuff is kind of contextual too. But like, you know, how close you are to it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, perspective does wonders. Oh my god! Uh, when it comes to judging the size of things, and one three is like it, it. It brings out so much. Like being able to do that with with Doug, it allows you to do the whole spectrum, vertical to below all at the same time because those shells are so high, they're not getting as high as a comet. So you can shoot the comets so that as they raise, you know, the shells go off up too. So your eyes are already following the comets and as they go up, boom, there's the yeah. shells as yep. well. And the yeah. shells are above the comets. It's not mixed in with the comets. So you actually see yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are we talking? I, when the shells are just at the tip. <laughs> One four, I have a tendency to bleed over each other. I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. One three changes perspective. Everything. The product is a lot different too. Going back to what Ellery was saying last week with um, Aaron Mayfield. So cool you know, like you have effects that burn for <laughs> insane Ever. durations. You know, so you have to take that into account when you're building the rest of the display because yeah, you know if you have this, they got more endurance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see why you suggested this. Do you have like a? Did you write all this stuff down? He's got a cheap. You got a. I'm sure you got a 48 point. <laughs> List. Oh. I was sleeping until you woke me up a half an hour ago. Oh, that's all this idea came. He had a good dream. Uh, I've had an epiphany. <laughs> that was just me opening the bottle of wine and I said something about size matters. <laughs> and I was talking about the wine bottle. <laughs> this is going to be gone in no time. So do you find it harder to, like, in your, in your guys' shows... So especially on the lake, because you're, you get that reflection off of the lake. Oh God, so awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. But I, I guess never thought of this. Have you ever thought about the way it looks off the water? Kind of, it makes someone's eyes go up and down. Like, like, uh, looking at, does that make sense? No. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, Oh, look at that. And they're like, Oh, look at the lake. Look up. <laughs> to be quite honest. I never really thought about it. I like that. It's so subliminal. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just natural the reflection that you see in the water i mean i suppose it could be as distracting as it is beautiful you know like i always loved watching you know when you guys came in and took drone footage of the show like I, I loved referencing back and looking at that drone footage because it's like if you think that you see a beautiful reflection in you know a static camera sitting on the shoreline um, filming yeah. the display from the on drone the lake. It looks amazing like from the jam, <laughs> yeah, from the does. drone. I mean, it literally looks like a mirrored experience. You're you're watching two displays, like one of them shooting up and the other one shooting down, uh, depending on how the water is moving. But like, you know, I I never I never thought of it as could it potentially be distracting. I mean, it 
possibly could. You know, I, I, you never know what people are paying attention to. I try as hard as I can to create something that is going to have points of emphasis, but like I'm always designing with a focal point in mind through each run. Like, what do if, if well, I've I guess never I was seen more talking this. about having you do something <clears throat> like if you ever thought about using that as like a playoff, something you could use to mm. build. Like <clears throat> you always say that, uh, you know, the, when I always shoot comments really low back and forth, you call it the running of the salmon kind of thing. Yeah. Like if you did something similar to that, it keeps everybody's eyes low, but the reflection off the water is perfect because you're, you're only, you know, five, six feet off the water. So yeah, you're going to yeah. see the reflections and everything shooting and then out of nowhere, boom, pop it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. They're not going to know what hit them. <laughs> Got them. Not going to know what hit them. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. The water reflection too. I mean, you, you're right. You could take something that lives in the, the low level vertical that especially, you know, if you're talking about like a, a shot from a 200 gram cake or something similar, you know, you take that, put it up and it's, while it's not going to go more than what, uh, 50, 75 feet, depending on what the product is, I'm just completely being hypothetical. Like the reflection off of the water kind of extends that. Like you're looking at a product that instead of having one trajectory now has two, right? Because it's just, it's a mirrored experience. Now, like I, that's a mirrored experience that changes depending on where the spectator is that takes it in because you never quite know what they're looking at. And when it's on water, I like, I truly think it adds to the experience because it, it's just, it's reflective, right? And it's reflective and it's beautiful and just kind of adds to the whole kaleidoscope of patterns, you know, that you're trying to create. So it, it only helps make that experience better, but yeah, I don't know. I never really, never really thought of that or, or how to think of ways to, use it to my advantage. Way go. to make me think. That's a good one. Sorry. Well, hey, man. Mm-hmm. Advance. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Because <laughs> I think if you use smaller caliber stuff, you could create something that does kind of play to, to that. Like the, some of the shots that I've done, you know, at the really extreme angles, it is really cool to watch the reflection in those. Because I mean, it really Flames. does. Yeah. What about, like, it, like you said, instead of doing cakes upwards, like you said, like uh, a 200 gram going up so high, what about shooting them at like, you know, 80 degrees? You got the room there left and right. Yeah. Because then when they blow up, they're, they're just over the water. So then you kind of get that reflection and that too. So then it looks bigger than what it, the actual shot would have been. Does that yeah. make sense? Because you're getting with both the, sections. Yeah, I did that with the ejects, you know, and I'm given they were broken up into single shots, but I did that with the raccoon ejects this past year. You know, I used yeah, those. And that's, I guess that's maybe, I guess yeah, that's it's why like, I, came I, and up I with noticed that because it because you, you shot yeah. stuff off to the side more. Yeah. And I, and I noticed it because, like, you know, those were breaking effects. And like, I had concerns initially because it's like that was the first time that I'd really angled breaking effects in that environment. So, like, you're cognizant of it's a lake. And it's a residential lake and, you know, do you have the fallout zone for it? So it does move your fallout zone depending on where that stuff is breaking. Um, you know, but the nature of that effect and like the measured fallout zones that existed, it was, had plenty of room to do them. But like, you're right, it, it did change the effect that breaking effects had in that environment just because they were used and placed really in a manner that they kind of interlaced and cut with a lot of the single shots 
And that was kind of, that was the sole intention of that. But it was really cool to watch those break right over the water. Lots more to do there. <laughs> right? I got an idea, but I'm not going to tell you on the podcast. After nah. I got an idea for you. Because I'm not going to say, because someone will be like, oh, that is a good idea. I'm nah, not giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that... There's too big? <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I, and I, I, the universal question that we're trying to answer here is how to make it look bigger is do we think it can like a pirate musical can be too big. And and I think I hate to give a political answer, but my opinion is it just depends, you know, like if you have a field and Jamie, like you said earlier, if you have the space for it and you have the budget for it um, and you have this awesome soundtrack that takes you through every plausible audible emotion that you're capable of experiencing and you have a palette for it, but you're really good about placing your effects throughout the Mm -hmm. verticals, then obviously you can make a display that's so big (laughs) that, you know, it spans like an entire coastline and then you, got you can't me. five thousand feet back to yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I could shoot my four by eight at my shoot site, and it would be an amazing show. Everybody would love it. The views, the verticals, the angles, that the, everything would be great. I could take a Skywar shoot site, put it on my shoot site, and it would suck because you wouldn't see eighty percent of it. You could take my shoot site, put it on Skywars, and be like, "This is smaller than a four by eight. What is the point?" Yeah, it, yeah. it all depends on where you are and in relation to the actual shoot site itself and what you're actually able to see in your, in your spectrum. Yeah. You hear a lot of people online too, that say when you hear power musicals, they're asking a bunch of like, you know, doing this, doing that. And everybody's always saying, <clears throat> excuse me, that less is more, <clears throat> but sometimes more, more is, is needed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, and, and again, it's, 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 it's dependent on what you said, <laughs> shoot site, <laughs> the room you got, uh, your capabilities. And of course the number one crucial thing is, can you do it safely? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and tastefully. There we go. There we go. Tastefully too. Tastefully. Yeah. Can you make them all smile? yeah that's the whole purpose right yeah (laughs) that's it make them all smile like the Uh, like the girl from keys camp (laughs) 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 wow (laughs) can you imagine her at skywars oh boy (laughs) her head head would have exploded Wow. Oh, God. Good job, Bo. What an edit this is going to be. <laughs> you opened that can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so what do you guys think? I mean, yes or no, can a pirate musical be too big? I think size matters. <laughs> it all depends on the field you're playing with. Again, it's about making sure that it's tasteful. It can be too much... If it's too big and like, again, if you have so much going off at one time and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's, then it's at a point where I think it's, it's too big. It's too much. It's sky puke at that point. Mm. Yeah. It's a developed skill set. It's a developed designer's skill set to figure out what can I put up here or there or, you know, in my next section and make things look aesthetically pleasing, you know, letting the effects blossom and bloom and do their thing, right? Like completely unadultered. 
I guess. What are you we know? going from girth to density in that matter? Uh-huh. If it's too dense, it's too much. That's right. There you go. That's good. It's too <laughs> dense. It's too much. Right. <laughs> Tell your girl, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it goes too on like... Uh, it, on how you use what, it? Well, on what equipment equipment you're equipped with to shoot that skill. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody has, you know, the right equipment or enough equipment to handle oh some kinds God. of shows. So sometimes enough. you just you give it all you got with what you got to work with. So you know, and, and, and when I say that, I mean like, show and I got to give it to you. <laughs> It's like, you know, you got a hundred cues and someone has like, all right, I got 80 shots. I want to make in comments and only leaves me 20 cues to light off full cakes so that you can keep it consistent. So then you're dependent on the timing of the cake at that point. Yeah. So can it get busy? Yeah. But again, that's, it's all you can work with. So that's what you got to yeah. do. Can yeah. it get busy? Yeah. But like you said, it's a learning experience. You learn what you can and cannot do. Maybe next time they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go 40 shots this time and or 60 shots and use the extra 20 to cut these cakes up and make slices out of them to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, bring the chaos down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Ellery said he does. He, he don't use cakes. He tears them apart and controls every aspect of them. Yeah, he also wants more than 100 cues, though. So I'm trying to <laughs> well, say. you know, everybody <laughs> wants more than 100 cues. You got to start somewhere. Not everybody has Jamie money. Okay, going to be depending on that plot of money uh, in your basement. I don't have no plot of money. <laughs> Silver. <laughs> Silver bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You learn from your experience. You know, you you learn from what you put up on a field. You know, you're going to always be in pursuit of making things better. And as you start to learn and understand like, you know, like like looking at a picture and seeing a train wreck, you know it's a train wreck. Uh, and that's not to say that you're going to watch your shows and think that they're a train wreck all the time because it's you're not. Like you're going to look at your accomplishment and you're going to be super proud of your accomplishment period but there's always a never-ending pursuit to be better and improve every aspect of the process and figuring out what goes where is always been a process of the design phase and you know there's a lot of little things that play into that you know obviously budget and track length and time and field size and all that other stuff but um where you put it matters <laughs> That's a question. That's a fire marshal question, isn't it? <laughs> Excuse me, where are you going to put that? They don't always know the answer to that. Uh, bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. Huh. Oh, Jamie, thank you for this one tonight. Well, this was good. This was refreshing. <laughs> I and this. I can't... <laughs> I can't. I, everybody else might yeah, disagree, but said. I feel oh like we stayed God. on topic throughout. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what we're talking about, so it's good. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, God. Oh, I'm crying over here. <laughs> uh, okay, well, all right. I don't think there's any... I Really, that's that's it. I mean, if we could create a summary 
And what this is, is like size matters. Size matters. Yeah. And but like, I, I don't think that that should be viewed or digested like, oh, okay, I need more space and I need more stuff and just more, 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 more. Right. right. It's whatever works for you in your right. shoot site. Yeah. Size <laughs> matters. If it's a small size, you need a small site. It's a big size, you need a big site. Size matters. It all depends on how you look at it. Uh, you I mean, it. And you try different ones how you until you figure out what works best for that shoot site. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got to play with it. Oh my God. All right. I think that's, uh, I think that's about it. We don't have any, I don't think we have any news this week and we don't have any voicemails <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'd love to hear voicemails about if size really matters. Oh man, we yeah, should, yeah, well. that would have been great. Maybe we should ask the listeners. <laughs> what we, will, we will now. <laughs> Final bite with that, I suppose. Um, if you would like to call into the Rhythm Pyro voicemail box and let us know if size matters to you, we're open to hearing your opinion. I guess to make it really clear, though, like... Pictures are optional. <laughs> like what you said was... <laughs> God, that is not <laughs> Oh, man, I'm just sitting here thinking every time the... the <laughs> the rhythm messenger goes off. I'm gonna be like, oh, this better not be a DB. Like, this is gonna go up Friday. And by, this is gonna go up Friday, and by two o'clock Monday, uh, there's gonna be 48 voicemails, and I'll have 15 emails. Like, I don't understand. I don't know how to send you a picture. What's your email address? Oh my god! This organist, this outfit got an email address. <laughs> oh, you know what? I got something to add to this. How about <clears throat> shoot sites? And judging the right size caliber to shoot for that shoot site. Hmm. You know what I mean, like everyone's like, I guess whoever's whoever's starting off in this, if you've never shot one or you're about to shoot one, and you do have a smaller shoot site, stay away from the 50 millimeter mines and the 50 millimeter yeah. effects. You don't need that for that small of a site. I mean, you can use but them, but make close. sure you use them correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But You'll get more out of it if you if you if you size it correctly. <laughs> Be an excellent judge of oh my god size. Well, I like the with the emergence of Chicago thirty millimeter single shots, right? And thirty millimeter single single shots. Excuse me, they're damn impressive in their own right. So just try it, try it, and shoot it, and then make a determination if it fits your shoot site. And if we're talking like strictly 1.4 and 1.4 Pro. You know, if you're shooting 1.3, obviously, you know, you're going to have a lot of your size and your sight pictures are going to rely on how much of a fallout zone you have for your big guns. All of that can be built. You know, go out and grab Google Earth. It's a phenomenal. It's a great tool. Yeah. Awesome tool for determining shoot sites and what you can use. Sometimes though, when you do it, on there and then you get there and you're like, oh, that tree that's wasn't on thought. Google. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, that's what Ellery was talking about last week with their Pizzle PGI show was the, yeah. that tree the line that was there. Down. And I think, dude, uh, CobraCon was that same way too last year with that berm that was in the middle of the field. 
I think when people were designing for it, they didn't figure, you know, because all you get on Google Earth is like a top-down view. So it doesn't do a stellar job of conveying site elevation as yeah, you go. Unless you can get like a street view from that yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And that's rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was it was interesting because like some of the stuff at CobraCon last year, arguably night one was a little hairy. Um, I mean, Ellery's display that close was like, you felt like you freaking lived in it. It was the like, entire like the comet was going to shave you. Yeah. Well, somebody still owes me a sweatshirt, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we lost a lot of sweatshirts over the years. Uh, I, yeah. Well, that In was chairs. my favorite sweatshirt. In I don't have too many good Carhartt sweatshirts. This was I'm a great still waiting one. for that song. This chair is on fire. Doesn't <laughs> 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 it do that. It'd be Katie's this chair. Hoodies on fire. <laughs> this wife. This wife is on fire. <laughs> Bo's wife is on fire. Bo's wife still waiting for her hoodie. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, ma'am. Your your chair's on fire. Bo, now we understand why Bo's shirts. Man, my wife is hot. <laughs> Does anybody else feel a little verklempt over here? It's it's crazy hot. Oh, honey, you're on fire. That's why. I thought my britches felt a little sweaty. <laughs> I'm trying to think if we're missing anything with this. Like, I feel like we talked about, now we talked about effect sizes, you know, separation, How you sky puke and not, yeah. but like, I feel like we're missing something. Well, uh, like we talked uh, about, I talked about the smoke thing, thinking about that ahead of time, but... Hmm. Yeah, like my show with the wind. Oh, you know what? Elevation. Of. Elevation. Yeah. If your shoot site has an elevated, like you, you just brought up a thing with the the berm. What if your shoot site, you know, where your comets are going to go uh, and where your racks are going to go or your cakes have to be pushed back farther? What if it's elevated 20, 30, 40 feet higher? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you're going to yeah. see it, it would be completely different what they do, what it looks, what the site picture is going to look like. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're at that point, you know, if say, say you take a shell backline and move it to an elevated space where it's got 40 more feet than it had before, what you thought was going to be your high level, you know, those high level effects are, they've exceeded that. And you're going to get like, you're going to get a visual padding in between one and the other. And again, a lot of that will depend on the effect. You know, if, the, if, in the confines of one four pro, say you get some of those Nishikis or, you know, those just longer burning effects, right? If the ones that tend to extend down into the mid-level are the ones that are going to burn longer, but like quicker burning effects. Um that just boom, they they pop and you know, they're gonna reach their apex and then before you know it, they're gone. Um, you know, that stuff That's what she said. often is not going to extend down into your mid-level. Depending, so uh, it's a good point. Hmm. Anything else, Jamie? You can think of? No, you're all over it. I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah, he's. he's I, I, I guess I, I thought for just somebody's got to make a performance enhancing joke on this. Uh, I mean, view, <laughs> viewing distance. Uh, I mean, use consumer, use pro. I mean, viewing yeah. distance yeah. on your site. <laughs> the little blue pro line. So <laughs> your, your viewing distance is ultimately going to matter oh, on your point. size. 
is, you know, the further you are away, just like Skywars, where my shoot site, the more width horizontally you can go and vertically and be able to see the entire field of vision versus constantly breaking your neck, looking left and looking right and breaking your view of sight. And it just detracts from the actual show. So your field of vision and distance to the shoot site is very important. Us pirates love to be up, up close and personal, but that's, that's just a feel of, of the show. Um, but for a spectator to actually see what you're putting on distance matters. Mm. My show, I'm at that distance where, um, safety level, but it's not far back enough where you can see a full sight picture from ground to sky. Mm -hmm. So I'm always having to be careful on, again, shooting stuff up and keeping people's eyes where I want them. So that way, why the, they, you know, 62s are going off in the sky and then I shoot some 22 millimeter mines that they see it in the peripheral. So they got to bring their eyes down and they missed half of it. Mm. Yeah, well, and the twenty twos burn so stinking quick anyway that distance size you, matters too. Yeah, like that. <laughs> you like normally the, have the their eye eyes line, start down low or high. The, the focal point has to be perfect. It has to be right. If the focal point isn't right, and like the 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 flowing intricacies of all of those movements, like if I could go back in time, back in twenty twenty when I did this heart of fire at Sky Wars, like it sucked having all those twenty twos. 500 feet away. It sucked for the whole world. That front line did not exist then. And it wasn't until the preceding years that they brought those smaller effects up front. So it sucked, right? Because a lot of that display lived in that lower and mid-level spectrum because I leaned on the 22s heavily for that display. And I wish I had that front line and that stuff could have been closer. So I think that would have had a lot more impact. Probably yeah, because of your show that the front line exists. Yeah. Hey, what? Can, can you see? Is there something going on back there? I could. I think there's some fireworks back there. I just Are those I cannot tell for the life of me. He's got little blinking lights out there or something, I think. All right. Hey, don't diss those 22s. Those were awesome 22s. Yeah, awesome 22s when they were they in were, the right they line. They were the best 22s ever. They were just so far away. Yeah, they were. <laughs> the first couple of production batches, it's those all, things were insanely good. It's all on how you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Perspective. <laughs> Perspective. <clears throat> Maybe they get better with age. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like fine wine. <laughs> like fine wine. Speaking of wine. Yeah, exactly. Gone. Speaking of wine, stop talking about it. Yeah, we're gonna stop it. You stop <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shh.